Welcome back to the Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I hope you've enjoyed your holiday and are welcome into the new year. We're excited to bring you new episodes here in uh, the year 2020. And I'm joined today by Katie Nasser. Katie is a visual arts teacher, K to five and teaches a class called Artivation in grade six. This is at the Fuller Meadow Elementary and Howe Manning Elementary in Middleton, Mass. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. So Katie, tell me a little bit about what you do uh, as a visual arts teacher, and I'm dying to hear about Artivation. Yeah, um, so I teach, um, like Brandon, like you said, um, K to six, um, visual art class in two elementary schools. Um, most of my classes are, are maybe kind of what you think is a little bit more of a traditional art class. But a couple years ago, I started um, developing this class that I call Artivation. It's kind of a class that combines visual arts with innovation, um, STEAM, technology, um, project-based learning. So kind of all of that stuff into a class and I thought Artivation kind of sounded like a snappy title so um, we called it that and that's been going on for I think this is our um, our third year of students having Artivation class so my current sixth graders are taking that class right now Um, they it started when they were fourth graders and so each year we kind of do different projects that or different um, challenges I like to call them actually, that um, approach art in a new way and that art might be in their world or in the community or different ways that they can create things um, through art. So what, what sort of projects have you worked? So it sounds like it's a project-based learning type class. What, what sort of projects um, have been really successful in the class? Yeah, I mean, I think different years it is project-based learning sometimes um sometimes it might have more of like a steam twist but um so let's see the current fourth grader the current sixth graders as when they were fourth graders we were um bringing geometry into into the class and we learned about string art techniques and we created they each created their own individual um string art design using a geometric shape and um different patterns to string their art um, in this small, it was like a six by six kind of piece of art. Um, We took that though, and I think where the like innovation part comes in is I had seen, um, I I believe it was at a public library, but I had seen an installation of a string art, like a giant one out in the grounds of this public library, like online someplace. I can't remember exactly where and I thought like okay I I think like we're gonna do that we're gonna try that out so we went outside and we spent a whole week each class had a different role um creating this giant I think it was about 25 feet string art installation geometric string art installation out on our school grounds and so like that was really cool because they got to see like this little small thing and learn about how the string art is made and its connection to geometry but then take it into this world where it became huge and it became a public art piece we looked at different installation artists and they they kind of got to see how their small thing can then become this big thing well that's really cool so so where did that end up i i, I didn't quite catch them sorry I, I apologize where where is that installation so it was a temporary installation um it was in the grounds of our school so it's now it's no longer there you can see pictures of it on my um 
on my blog, but um, it, it was it, because of the weather and the components in New England, it right, was created right, right. using um, using surveyor's tape. And it, just after the snow melted and it kind of was falling apart. So it was definitely, it was made knowing that it was going to be a oh, cool. temporary installation. That's really cool. So uh, what, what other kinds of things? I know we talked a little bit before the, before the podcast here, we talked about some of the other steam projects that you've done and, and you mentioned tiny houses and I'm fascinated by tiny houses. Uh, you, you know, having seen like the, you know, the TV shows that started on, I think yeah. HGTV and the tiny house living and people that decide to, you know, take, get rid of all their stuff and, and move into a tiny house. Um, I, I'm fascinated by the engineering side of it in, in, you know, maximizing the space that exists inside of the tiny house. I'm, I'm fascinated to hear on your end on the art side. Um, and the steam side of it. Yeah. And I think, I think both of those, the art and the engineering is definitely playing a role in this project. So we have another innovation based class at How Manning um, where uh, the innovation teacher is, and I are working collaboratively, collaboratively on this project. So we gave our kids, sixth graders, a challenge that they had to design a tiny house um, for their family that reduces their urban footprint. So we wanted to talk really about being, um, you know, being aware of the resources we use and how can we lessen that and how can we kind of, you know, take advantage of being green or um, environmental aspects to build this tiny house. So ours are just models. Um, we are creating uh, cardboard models. They are, but they're, you know, they're quite big. It's a one inch to one foot scale. Um, so, or 12, I'm sorry, one inch to 12 inches. So one inch in our tiny house will be 12 inches in a real, in a real tiny house. Um, most of them are kind of like a 10 by 20 um, inch model. So some of them are a little bigger than that. Um, some students are, are eight by 25. So we had to learn all about like, well, if you want your tiny house to be traveling, um, it has to be a certain dimension so it can go on the road, things oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, we yeah. did a lot of research first before we even started designing. We, um, we had virtual tours with um, real tiny house owners. Some people are living in them currently. Some aren't currently living, but were able to go in and show us the tiny house. So that was a really great aspect. Um, we're hoping to bring in more experts in a couple of weeks to give feedback to, and this is where the project-based part comes in, the project-based learning. It's been to give feedback on their designs. Right now they're, they're in that designing stage. So they are, they have all of their cardboard pieces cut. They're designing their roof lines. In my class, they're doing all the exterior. So their roof line, like where their doors and windows are going, they have to kind of figure out the sizes, things like that. A student came up to me the other week um, with his door drawn and it was only six feet tall. And I thought that looks a little short. And we measured and he's like, oh, well, it's six feet. And I said, well, how tall are people in your house? Oh, well, my my dad is like six feet. I was like, well, that that door is not going to work for him. So it's <laughs> definitely a lot of thinking, um, you know, not realizing, I think, like what the space means in real life. And that's kind of a lot of the challenges that are coming up in the innovation class, the other innovation class, they're designing the interior. So they're making scale models of tables and countertops and beds and all that kind of stuff that's going to fit into the actual house that we are building in my class. So it's, 
it's kind of it's this big undertaking. It's it's been going on for a long time. I'm excited about it, but you know, there's a lot, there's still a lot to do and a lot to go. Yeah. What an unbelievable project. I mean, so they, the, when they're planning furniture and things like that, they've got to think about st- stuff that can fold back against the wall yep. and, and things All that can that, yep. slide under stair, you know, like a, do you want a staircase? Do you want to have an upper and a lower level? Uh, and you, I saw one, I remember there was a tiny staircase and it was also bookshelves inside the staircase, yep. but the staircase led up to where the bed was. Um, so that the bed was off of the ground floor level, uh, just really cool. Um, so kind of switching gears, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the animation stuff that you're doing. Um, and you, you kind of went all the way back and did some like animation history with your students. Um, it sounded like, and then kind of got into stop motion and chatter picks and do ink. Um, can you talk a little bit about what, how you got maybe in, interested in animation or, or how you, you got your students interested in animation and then maybe yeah. go, in, go into how, how, how you execute it in your classes? Sure. Um, so I, um, again, with this Artivation class, in, when the current sixth graders were fourth graders, we did a big animation unit. But I wanted them to really understand that animation started a long time ago, like we're t- late, late 1800s, maybe in some cases earlier than that. So we kind of took animation from mechanical animation, maybe um, up to digital to what we think of as animation now. So we created zoetropes and thomatropes. So a zoetrope is like, um, it's a toy that can, you spin it back and forth and there's a picture on each side. And as it's spinning quickly, it looks like the pictures are merged together. Um, And then a thomatrope you, I think a lot of people have probably seen it. It's like a wheel that there's slits in it and there's a, a string of pictures, almost like a flip book, but in a wheel oh, that right. when it's yeah, spinning yeah. and you're going quickly and you're looking in the slits, you can see the picture moving. Um, so I think like I wanted them to see that because animation is really about being a trick of the eye. And the same thing with stop motion. It's a series of pictures that you put together quickly but it's still like um, an optical trick that that happens in your brain that allows you to see um, see these images as like a moving movie so we went from old traditional animation to kind of see how that worked and then brought that into the digital world with stop a stop motion project Um, for that project the actual stop motion part we researched all different types of stop motion like legos or clay or drawings we looked at a lot like so many different examples and there's some really amazing examples of stop motion uh animation out there um and then the students worked in groups all i did i i gave them a theme i wanted them to have a theme of kindness be in their um in their movie but they created storyboards characters settings they they you know they created all of the things that they were going to need to create this this movie and then um this was also kind of a big undertaking it took a few months to create and then went through the process of photographing each of their components um as as you know you would a traditional stop motion animation movie and then um i think they learned a lot a lot of them like had a really great time doing it but they ran into obstacles some lost footage and had to redo it or things weren't in the right place and when they went back to film the next day so you know there was a lot of challenges that came into it that they kind of worked through and i I think got a lot out of it well i mean you hit all of like the 
the things that that we're trying to do in education, right? They're productive, productive fail, like the failure and, and trying to get right. productive through it and productive struggle and then uh, social emotional learning and project based learning. And I mean, that that is everything right there with what everyone's trying to do. And you did it in one lesson. It's incredible. A uh, long lesson, but yes, yeah, right. thank you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and then the robotics and and art. I, I'm fascinated by this that that you're able to. It, maybe you could explain it. Autom- automata is that automata? Yeah. So automata are um, are mechanical sculptures. Um, th- these are also a, an old art form. Um, I, I think even dating back to like Greek times, they have drawings of automata. I think the most famous example or th- that people probably know a lot is in um, the movie Hugo or in the book Hugo Cabret. They, um, I don't know if you're familiar with that book or movie, but in, in it, the main character, Hugo, his dad leaves this automata or automated man that that he thinks is sending him a message so I think they can kind of think like know from those books they can kind of get a sense of maybe what an automata is sometimes they look like humans but sometimes they're just mechanical sculptures that using gears and um, linkages and levers and um, pulleys um, different kinds of things the mechanics can make the sculpture turn and move so we created um you know a more simplified version but last year um and they had to use gears different types of gears depending on whether they wanted their motion to spin um just in a circle or if they wanted to move up and down or spin some had like double gears or double linkages a linkage is like a set of gears um or like a system of gears some had two in their box so that like things might rock back and forth some students like one student had a wanted a hand playing a keyboard so he had to have you know a linkage for each finger and had to figure out how to get that to work and and again this is a lot of troubleshooting troubleshooting and problem solving some of them work some some do not and um but I think we're able to work through and like get things going or at least get into a place where they they could understand like what was going wrong and what they needed to do to make it happen um but you know that was a really powerful um lesson I really liked that one a lot actually wow it's just another I mean this (laughs) Do you have space for adults in your classes? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by this. Do you have like, do you have staff members that that want to include some of this in what they're doing? I, I think on different levels. I, I I'm working like really collaboratively with um, some of the teachers at the lower elementary school at the Fuller Meadows School, especially with kindergarten, doing a lot of arts integration projects. And so we've brought in. Um, stop motion into a science curriculum that we do that they do around habitats and they um, they're learning about habitats in science class and then um, we are we create a habitat here in art class and then they have a figure that they create a movie with their figure moving through the stop motion so like the artivation class has really inspired me to bring some of these things into my other classes as well into you know what you might think of a more traditional art class and stop motion you know it it seems like it could be like a lot for kids but I mean these are five-year-olds and six-year-olds that are that are animating a figure in their background so it's it's can be really easy to do and doesn't have to be like a big huge undertaking um so that's been that's been fun I'm doing a project right now with puppet pals um 
this is also a kindergarten project um, where they're, um, and it's an arts integrated project with ELA, where they're learning how to illustrate a verb using um, a ginger a ginger man um, lesson that we do in art. And then using puppet pals, they're able to make their gingerbread move um, through a setting that illustrates their verb. So like if they're, if they're all picking a verb, um, if their verb is like cartwheel, I was one child today, they're um, making the gingerbread do cartwheels through their setting as they're speaking and um, saying cartwheel, cartwheel as fast as you can, you know, the whole gingerbread sentence. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So that's actually going on right now in class um, this week with kindergarten. We're kind of wrapping that up. And that's been a really nice way to connect and pull um, what they're doing in kindergarten into um, in their classes into the art room so that we can kind of join together and really integrate that learning. That's awesome. And, and such a great high level experience for, for those students. Can you talk a little bit about your, your walkthrough on arts integration that you had? Yeah. So this was also with Amanda Libby, um, one of our kindergarten teachers. She and I um, do a lot together um, and she's really willing to take risks with me and try crazy things. So, <laughs> um, so we presented on a few of these different arts integration projects, um, the, pu the uh, Puppet Pals with the gingerbread. We showed off some B-Bots, which are an early coding robot. Um, we, last year, we created a project with, a, a, with our librarian with community helpers where the children learn to code um, a bebot through a community village um, that we made three-dimensional models of different community buildings um, and put them into like a town and the children coded the bebot through the town. Um, and so in the tour, we showed um, the kindergarten, we actually made the participants do the project with us. So they did it was major hands-on learning. We oh, had cool. Amanda's class was doing the Puppet Pals gingerbread project. And, and they were there to help facilitate it, um, the attendees of our of our um, learning tour. And then after that, we had some other older kids, first graders that have that are familiar with the Bebots come in and show our different Bebot projects. So um, the the community helpers project, um, and then some other ways that you can use Bebots um, as well. Like I I use them to get ready for um, International Dot Day, and we coded them to draw circles and create different drawings and different things using circles. Um, they've created mazes with them. They do a literacy lesson with them. So the first graders were showing off like, kind of like in stations, different, different parts of that. So that was really fun. That's so cool. So if people wanted to see this stuff, uh, see your stuff, where could they find your stuff online? Um, so a couple of ways. I am on Instagram and Twitter at at Kat Nasser, so Kat, like C-A-T, and then my last name, N-A-S-S-E-R, so at Kat Nasser on both of those forums. And then um, I don't blog as much as I would like to, but Ms. Nasser's Art Studio is my, um, if you search for that, is my blog. Um, and I, you know, a lot of these pro projects that I mentioned are on there. Um, and then, hope, you know, I, I will be posting other ones um, as we get to them, but I think a lot of times Twitter and Instagram is a great way to get a snapshot of what we're doing. Yeah. Anything you'd like to plug? Um, 
Well, I'm offering a um, class actually with MassQ, an online learning class on arts integration. Um, it's called Arts Integration, Developing Innovation and Creativity in the Classroom. That's starting, I think, March 1st or, or very soon, right after February vacation. So if teachers wanted to learn more about how to integrate art um, in the ways that I'm talking about and some different tools and learn different experts um, that are doing this too. We're going to be sharing all those kind of things um, in that class. You could join me for that class. That sounds great. And people can sign right up uh, for that on the MassQ.org website. Katie Nasser, thank yep. you so much. This is such incredible, incredible learning that your, your students are doing and that you're providing for your community in Middleton. Um, really appreciated talking to you today. Thank you. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere podcasts can be found. This is the Get a Q Podcast from MassQ, here to educate, connect, and inspire.